Well, what about what about God? What about God the Father? What about God the Holy Spirit? We we would not have any perception at all of either of God the Father or God the Holy Spirit without Jesus. Amen. He is the he is the revelation of God, all things God. In him resides all the Godhead in a body. Amen. So we're thankful, and we are gathered in the name of Jesus. It's because of Him that we're here. It's because of Him that we have any real connection with God at all. And so, Lord Jesus, it's in Your name that we come now before the throne. Oh, Father, in, in, it's in this sense of humility, this, this earnest desire to be close to You. This, I know that there, there are those under the sound of my voice now, who can relate to exactly what I'm praying right now. We want to have more of you. We want to be closer to you. We want to be in your presence. We want to learn, Lord, how to live in your presence always. So, Lord, I pray that because of this gathering and your word, that many in this room and many who will be listening um, and and visiting on the the website and, and just... Father, that we would gain that. We would have a better understanding of being able to live more in your presence. To have more of you. To be more conformed to the image of Jesus. To be more yoked up with you. I don't know how many different ways I could say this or describe it, Lord. I just want to be closer to you. I just want to be closer to you. I I just want to be what you've called me to be how you've called me to be it. And I know that there are many under the sound of my voice now who would say yes and amen. So bless the rest of this time that we have together, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Man, there's like a, a, all of a sudden, this this kind of somberness uh, came over me. And I don't know why, I'm just going to let Holy Spirit have His way. Um, Man, there there were about um, like three different messages and right up until here recently, I'm just going to trust God that this is it. And like usual, I almost feel, let me just talk real for a minute. I almost feel like every time I come before you and whoever may be watching or listening, I almost have to like apologize for being rudimentary. But I got to be honest with you. We've gotten so far, I say we, generally speaking, the church has gotten so far away from these basics and this rudimentary uh, teachings and, and looking for this next great thing to come down the tracks and you know what, the, what, this, what this magic pill is going to be in order for me to be successful spiritually and in my life and get that next big blessing and all that when it really always is going to boil down to these basic elements of the faith. Amen? And, and today, my hope is that through this teaching, even though it, it's in a lot of scriptures that we've been in, and a lot of scriptures that you've been in most of your Christian life, um, that somehow, some way, that God will minister to all of us and bring us to that next stage, that next level, that we would have a different understanding. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to begin right now in Luke um, chapter 9, verse 1. Then he called his twelve disciples together, he, Jesus, and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, Take nothing for the journey, neither staffs, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do, and do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and, and then from there depart. 
And whoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So there's a couple of things here. There's elements. We're going to today, uh, I really wanted to hit on, and I think Holy Spirit, I'm under the direction of Holy Spirit, the authority and the power that Jesus has and that he's given to us, to believers. Amen? I believe that uh, in this culture, for many reasons, in this world, and probably for all kinds of time uh, since Jesus left and, and spoke these words, there are various reasons why we live below the power and authority that he's given us. But hopefully, my brothers and sisters, God, help me. I'm struggling right now. Father, in Jesus' name. We take dominion and authority over all things only because, Jesus, you are here. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that your will is done and that any spirit of darkness, any spirit of unbelief, Father, is cast down in the name of Jesus right now. Amen? Amen. So, we have this this power and authority. Jesus, before he left the earth, he said, all authority on heaven and earth is mine. It's been given to me. So now, in Mark, I'm I'm just going to remind you of some things. In Mark chapter 1, verse 21, then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath day, he, Jesus, entered into the synagogue and taught, and they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as describes. So Jesus now, remember, I wanted to just set this up for you. Remember, in context, this is when Jesus first begins his, his public ministry. And he goes in and he starts preaching and, and teaching in the synagogues. And you know, we've studied it together and you know this. And, and he's teaching and he's doing all of these things and they're, they're taken back. This, he's teaching with authority. He's teaching and, and not, you know, maybe, sort of, kind of. He's hitting it. This is it. This is it. Hallelujah. He's teaching and they're taken back. In verse 27, it says, they were amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even unclean spirits and they obey him. See, some elements here that are not new to us, but some things that we'd want to hang on to as we go through this teaching, through this preaching. My brothers and sisters, there's some elements here. There's this authority that he's speaking with. There's this authority that he has, and he, he's not holding back. He's speaking with this authority. And as he's speaking with this authority, others around him are taken back. They're taking notice. Why? He's not wishy-washy. And now, not only are they taking notice about how he's speaking this doctrine that's kind of new to them, but it shouldn't be, because God's the same. It's, it's, it's as he's preaching this doctrine, as he's preaching this and teaching this, now all of a sudden it's done in power. There are signs and wonders as he's commanding demons, and they obey him. They obey his authority. Are you with me? So he has this authority. And, and I want to remind you in Luke 8, we've gone over it so many times, but again, remember, even his own apostles we're amazed at him. Remember when they got all on the boat, you know, Jesus is, is asleep and this, you know, this gale comes up and they're afraid. They think they're going to die. They wake him up and he commands the sea and he commands the wind and it stops and they're amazed. What kind of man is this that even the, listen, even the wind and the waves obey him. He has authority over nature. He has authority over all of this stuff. He has power and authority over all of this stuff. And yes, stuff is a theological term, just in case you were wondering. But the key to the the authority and the power of Jesus, we need to know this. Why? So that He's given it to us. So so we have to know what what are the keys to having this. Let me just start here. 
How many of you are, can truly say that you're walking in the power and in the authority of Jesus? Right? How many of us... Amen. I, I thank some of you for being so honest because I see a little of this out there. Well, so, so. And, and you know what? That's probably true of just about almost all of us. Let's just say it that way. Right? And so that's why I don't want my brothers and sisters for me to, to hear what's going on out there and to be shaken by it. I don't want the world or the news or anybody or any government or any authority on this earth or any earthly kingdom to determine how I feel or how I go about my daily business as it were. Come on. Now, I'm not calling for insurrection or, you know, rebelling against the government. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, if you are a true Christian, you have to obey the laws because that's what we're told. As Christians, we obey the law of the land. Yes. Right? Yes. But, remember, it's this kingdom of God that is being preached. And this kingdom has a different set of rules, a different set of laws. Are you, are you there? Yes. Hallelujah. So the key to Jesus' authority and power... John 5.30 says this, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will. So there's one key. He's hearing from the Father and he's not doing his own will. Are you there? But the will of the Father who sent me. Man, see, I get excited about this stuff and the reason why is it's no big mystery. God is telling us what we need. He's telling us exactly. And so now someone can't leave out here and say, well, Pastor Tony said. No, the Word of God says it and it says it very, very plainly and succinctly. Jesus is telling us the key to His success, the keys to His power and authority. Why? Because I'm not seeking my own will. I'm doing those things that the Father is that I'm hearing from the Father. And he said that in more than one place, as you know. John 15, 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Keeping His commandments. Keeping the commandments. Amen? Now here's another one. John 14, uh, verse 30 and 31. I will no longer talk much with you. This is Jesus as He's getting ready. He knows His, his arrest is coming up and his, his crucifixion is coming up. He's talking to His disciples. I will no longer talk much with you. For the rule of this world is coming and He has nothing in me. What in the world did He just say? The ruler of this world, the prince and the power of the air, the one that Adam and Eve turned over dominion, this earth to. That one. The enemy of your soul and mine. The ruler of this world, is, it, 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 it's his time now, and, and, he's come, and he's got nothing in me. He's got nothing in me. He can't accuse me. Remember, in Revelation, he's the accuser of the brethren. He goes before, he goes before the throne and says, hey, yeah, he's, he's your boy. Look at what he's doing here. He can, he's got nothing in me. He cannot accuse me of anything. Why? I've lived according to the law and the rule of God. I've done my Father's will. I don't seek my own will. I do the will of the Father. The only, he lived a perfect life. He was perfect in thought, in action, in intention. Amen. Amen. So Satan, there was nothing in him. He couldn't accuse Jesus of anything. He has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father. You, you see that? That the world may know that I love the Father. And as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. Now he's telling them, I'm going to have to, to go and, and obey the will of the Father. I'm going to have to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to, I'm going to have to let the Gentiles crucify me. He's, he's telling them this. Amen? And, and, and why is he doing it? It's the commandment of the Father. 
as the, as the Lord is, is laying out so plainly to us. I'm just so, this is so simple. But yet, I, I don't understand why it's so difficult. So now, he gave power and authority to us. In case you didn't know that, I just want to remind you that he gave power and authority to us. I'm going to read to you from Luke uh, chapter 10. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also, 70 others other than his apostles, the 12 he had already sent out. Now he's sending 70 others out. See, now, now I want to start here and then I'll, I'll read completely. Now, now, to me, what the, this is saying, these are disciples, these are believers. Because so many times you'll hear, well, the apostles were the ones that had the power. No. And when he was giving authority and, a pow- and power, he gave it to Peter and he gave it, no. Look at this. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money nor bag, nor knapsack, nor sandals, or greet no, no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from the house to house, or do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. Did you hear that? Okay. And heal the sick there and say to them, did you hear what you just said? And heal the sick there. And say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Key element. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, the very dust of your city which clings to... To us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Woe to you. And then he pronounces the woes. I'll I'll, I'll skip that real quick. Verse 15. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted in the heaven, will be brought down to Hades. He who hears you, hears me. He who rejects you, rejects me, and he who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. That means everything that Jesus taught his whole life is truth. And when he says, I am God, anybody who rejects that is rejecting God. Did did you hear that? Okay. That's important because there are a lot of things, a lot of different doctrines who say Christians or they believe in Christ, but what do they believe about Christ? It's very important. Amen? Because, listen... I know I, I want to pause here just a little bit because we have young people in here and there may be somebody listening because there, is, there, there, there will be an ecumenical church during the Great Tribulation. I won't be here for it and I hope many of you, if not all of you, will not be here for it. But there'll be an ecumenical church. They'll allow you to worship God, but it's going to be uh, this God, that God, the other God. It's all the same. They're all one. It's all the same for a little while. My brothers and sisters, no. It's, it, so you need to know for sure alright all right. And so my young people when people t- tell you that you know because I know it's being said that uh, it doesn't make any difference what name you call them it is still all the same in one God no it is not it is not Jesus is absolutely 
the true and living God. And he said so. So now watch. If he said so, and then someone else is going to teach you, well, he's not really God, but he was a, a good man, a good teacher. How could he be a good man and be a liar? Right? He can't be. Well, only the places in there where it says that, those were because man wrote that and changed the word, but every place else is okay. Okay, so now what you're going to do is you're going to decide which scriptures in this Bible are true based on what you want to believe. Right? Okay, so I, I, I know I spent a little more time than I wanted to there, than I planned to, but I'm just going to trust God, Holy Spirit, that you know, it was done for a reason. So he gave authority and power in that... Remember, now there's 70 of them who are not the apostles. He had already sent them out. We read that in chapter 9, right? He already sent them out. And he's telling these the same thing, basically, that he told them. So the same authority and power that he had, that Jesus has, and that he had given his apostles, now he's given to these other believers, these other disciples, and he's sending them out with authority and with power. And 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 w- listen, what's the word that he's saying to be preached? Preach the kingdom of God is right here now. This this other kingdom is right here available to you. So let me continue now, and you could read it with me. We'll put it up on the board. Uh, in, in continuing now in verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Did you hear that? So watch. Lord, even the demons have to obey us in your name. Even the demon, We have authority over demons. Hallelujah. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Listen. Now, when Jesus says, I'm giving you power over scorpions and all, is is he talking about now if you see a scorpion there, you can step on him? No, he's talking about demonic powers, demonic spirits. He's saying, I'm giving you power. See, this has been transferred to you now. I'm giving this to you now. Come on. That is pretty good stuff. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. But look at the emphasis here. But rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. See, my brothers and sisters, that's something that I think has thrown us off in the full gospel realm. And just something that I've observed since I've been uh, part of this, you know... uh, I say Pentecostal, but this full gospel kind of ministry where, where we believe the whole Bible, we believe that the works of the Holy Spirit, the gifts and the manifestations are for today, that God is still operating in the miraculous through his people, that he still has ordained gifts and signs and wonders to be used by us, through us, so on and so forth. Amen? It hadn't stopped. And it wasn't just for the apostles, and it wasn't just for the first century church. Because remember this also, as we've studied together, when he said that you need to be empowered, you need to be my witnesses. First you have to get power, so that you can be my witnesses. He said, in Jerusalem, in Jude- right? Judea, the uttermost parts of the earth. Did all of those people that lived in this first century go to the uttermost parts of the earth? God bless you. No. They did not. Boy, why did you get quiet? They did not. So that's continuing. It's, it's us. We, li- we are living in this church age. The church age is fixing... My, I don't know if you noticed, this church age is fixing to end. Yes. It, this church age is fixing, fixing to end. 
relatively quickly. That's my date city vernacular in case you didn't understand. It's this church, this, this church age is fixing to come to an end. He's going to sound the trumpet. He's going to call our names and we're going to be with him. And then all heck is going to break loose. Amen? All right, so just remember that. And if he did it last night, I hope you would have went. If he does it before I'm the breath leaves my body today, I hope you and me and we're all up in heaven together. Amen? All right, but see, you can know for sure. You can know for sure. But look, see the emphasis? See what he's saying? Okay, it's it, great. And the real, where I started with this is we've been so enamored with the, with the manifestations of the Spirit and so much emphasis has been put on the manifestations of the Spirit in the, in, certainly in some of the arenas that I've seen and some of the areas that I've been involved with and associated with. And I see some of you nodding yes, so you, you can say yes and amen. That we forget. It's not about these signs and wonders. The signs, wonders, and miracles are to verify the Word of God. The signs, wonders, and miracles are to glorify Jesus. Not to glorify you me, the other guy. It's not about the signs and wonders. It's still about Jesus. That's, my brothers and sisters, this is not God serving us. This is not God giving you power just for the heck of it. This is not God trying to make you successful in this life. No, this is about God, listen, this is about God being shown to a lost and dying world. This is about God being revealed in Jesus Christ and then revealed in Jesus Christ in you and me. Man, how come this is not exciting to you? How come this is everything that we are supposed to be? This is what we're called to do. And because, my brothers and sisters, this is so simple, this is is not, you know, I'm not jumping up and down and we don't have the bands playing and the music. No, this is real. This is real stuff. And the fact is, because we've gotten away from this, we find ourselves in the mess that we find ourselves in today. He has given you power and authority. And the power and authority ultimately are to bring, listen, to bring Him glory. Amen. It's for His glory. Not for mine, not for yours, for His glory. Not for my good, not, not for my good pleasure, but for His good pleasure. Amen? Amen? So, I want to look at just a couple of case studies here, okay? And you're, you're, you're going to be familiar with them. Acts chapter 16, just listen to me. Now, what happened is we went to prayer that a certain slave girl... A certain slave girl, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us. Now this is Paul and Silas, who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us, cried out, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. But Paul, (laughs) but Paul, annoyed, turned and said to her, I command you, you hear that? With authority. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her that very hour. When it says that very hour, it means right now. He came out of her right now. Hallelujah. So, so what happens? Now these men saw their ability to gain, to, to make a lot of money off of this girl who had this spirit of divination, this demonic spirit. They saw that evaporate. So now that Paul and Silas get thrown in jail. So, 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 we may go back to that. That's maybe another sermon for another day. But we know what happens. The Lord blesses them while they're in prison. Not only does He bless them, blesses the very prisoners and prison guard, and many come to Jesus in that day. Hallelujah. Alright, so now watch. Here you see Paul. He's not doing anything except preaching the kingdom of God. He's bringing the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, and he's bringing them to these Gentile places. And so now, my brothers and sisters, this demon continues to annoy him. 
But do you see what it says? I love the choice. He commands that demon. He takes authority over that demon. There is authority. Yeah, but Paul was an apostle. But let's not go back there because we just saw where he sent 70 believers out. And he gave them power. And he gave them authority. You have power if you're a believer. You have authority if you're a believer. Hallelujah. So now, let's look at a different circumstance, another case study in Acts chapter 19. Some of the interrent exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exercise you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Remember that? Okay, so now, what is this saying? These people are seeing Jesus doing this and Paul doing this and some of the disciples doing this. So now they're saying, okay, Let's give it a try. Let's do it their way and see what happens. And so now they're doing this. And they're doing this in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who also did it. And the evil spirit answered and said to them, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit leaped upon them and overpowered and prevailed against them. <clears throat> so now get that picture in your mind. There's a, a man, a person who's possessed by a demon. These seven sons of Sceva say, okay, we adjure you, we command you in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. Come out of him. Now, get this picture. This is important. So now this one person says to them, Jesus I know, Paul I know, who are you? And then commences to beat them, all seven of them, by himself. Amen. <laughs> Whoops them, sends them into the street naked. That would get, so I'll, I'll, I, verse 17 says this, This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and, the fear, of, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Did you hear that? Hallelujah. Why, how, could the, how could that magnify the Lord Jesus? You hear what the demon said? Jesus I know. Paul I know. Who are you? Who are you? See, it, it doesn't work just by naming the names. It's not this hocus pocus stuff. There's something here. So then listen, now watch with me in 18, uh, verse 18 of 19. And many who had believed come confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Know what that means? Prevailed? Had power over everything else. Are you hearing this? So watch, watch. So now, a power and authority means something. In this case, the enemy of our soul overplayed his hand, because he made the mistake of saying, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. If they were the ones casting me out right now, I'd have no choice. But being I don't know who you are, being you don't know who they are, here we go. And the beatdown commenced. And so now these people see this, they understand this. There's power in the name of Jesus. These people who proclaim the name of Jesus, there's something different. There's some power. There's some authority here. And so all of a sudden, you see what they did? They burned their books. They did all of these things. They were trusting in the wrong things. Amen. See, they had no power or authority. Why? Because they're trusting in the wrong things. Yes. 
My brothers and sisters, we have the opportunity. Many of you have grown up in the church and you know, you've kind of test this out, you test that out, you go here, you go there. And sometimes you feel all weepy and emotional and, you know, or you get in trouble and you find your way back and you get on your knees and God will still listen to you. He's going to still listen to you cry out. My brothers and sisters, but look at how many things are we going to try? How many people are we going to listen to? How many organizations are we going to attach ourselves to that they're the ones that are going to solve this problem? I get so mad and, and giddy at the same time when I hear people tell me that they're going to solve this, this climate crisis. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? You have, you have that much power and you're going to do that. I, I, it just blows me away when a human being says that he is going to be able to provide. They've got the ideas and they've got the answers as it relates to social justice. We're the ones, we're going to go ahead and we're going to be able to apply justice rightly. Wrong! You're a man. You're a man. You only, there's only justice with God. God is the only just. He's the only righteous. God is the only one. But yet we put our faith and our trust. Oh, and, and all these people that we have uh, given our votes to and we're going to align ourselves with because they say the right things to us or, they, or the, you know, they're saying the right things to that group and, and, and I'm not, I can't associate with that group because that's all the wrong things. I'm going over here to this group. and I'm, Stop! 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 You're a Christian. God is the one that we are, should be depending on. God is the one where the authority and the power come from. Why would we go to someone else? Why would we give someone else... Listen, now I'm going to say this. Why would we give someone else our vote who don't agree with us on all things? Why would we give someone else our... Or why would we go ahead... And let me say it this way, because vote, you're going to think I'm thinking political. Okay, forget political. Why would we align ourselves with anybody or any group that is not aligned with Jesus Christ? Why would we give our alliance, our allegiance to something? Why would we go ahead and live by something that someone else has spewed and said that maybe sounds good and maybe it's good for a little while, but we know that God says something different? Come on. But we do it. These folks, my brothers and sisters, had all of these books and all of these recipes and these cookbooks for spells and incantations or whatever else. I'm so sick of the latest Christian book to come down the pipeline. Now, I'm not criticizing all Christian books. I'm saying that they could help you. Fine, that's great. But what about all of these self-help things? I'm so... Gr- oh, yeah. Tony... R- I shouldn't even... Make- Listen. There are some good... There is some good information out there. And there are some good... You know, motivational speakers and all this other stuff. But let me just say something to you. Their theories and philosophies, they're all going to die with them. I'm just saying. It can make you feel good and it can make you successful right here, right now. But when the next challenge comes, then what? Listen, God is all is after you for eternity. God is interested in you for here, for now, and forever. Are you with me? No, I'm not going to give myself to some other thought. I'm not going to give myself to other philosophies. I'm not going to give myself to this group that is spewing this or that group that is, going to, is, is spewing that. All authority and power is with Him. So why would I go ahead and align myself or do anything for, with anybody else? Why would I give them my allegiance? Why would I go ahead and walk according to their ideas, their plans? Quiet. Why would I go by my feelings 
my plans, what I could imagine. Shouldn't. I'm not, hey, Tony, you don't know, I don't listen to anybody. I, I don't believe, I don't trust anybody. I'm just, I just find it out for myself. And Great. As long as you're finding out here in this Bible. As long as you're he, reading what thus saith the Lord. He has a plan for your life. He knows what's right. See, and that's why this kingdom of God thing is so important. I don't know uh, if, you, you, if you notice this, but this world is jacked up. Some of you are, you know, and so now for, if you're a young person and maybe you're not, you know, really understanding that too much, this is not meant in any way at all to talk down to you. Not at all. Not at all. Your your experience is what you know so far, and that's an awesome thing. But some of us old fogies, see all this gray hair? Some of us older folks, and I'm pointing to me, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to look over here because Sirius knows he's not old and I'm not talking to him. So some of us older folks who have lived a long time, we've seen a lot of things change. Some for the better. Some for the better. It's not, it's not all changed for bad like some of the folks want to tell you. Some of it's better. But man, a lot of it is not. In fact, much of it, most of it is not. This world is jacked up. But here, listen. Michelle and I were, were looking at a documentary, uh, I think it was yesterday, and it, was, it had a lot to do with Bible prophecy and how these things are converging right now. When you look at what Jesus talked about when they asked him, you know, uh, when will these things come to be and when, when are you coming back? And Jesus told them about all these signs to watch. And he said, this is going to happen, but, that, but the end is not yet. He gave them all of these signs and wonders. But my, all of these signs, excuse me. So, so think about this for a minute. As he gave those things, man, it, it, they're happening right now. Well, those things have always happened. No, they're happening more frequently and, in, and with intensity and they're happening side by side beside each other. It's all happening. It's all happening. He could split the sky tonight and, and this Bible would still be true. I want to go. So the world is all jacked up. But for me and for you, what, what's, what's the message? Well, we need to get a hold and we need to understand this authority. We need to walk and we need to go ahead and understand it so that we can walk in it, we can apply it to our lives. Listen, and, and understand something. I'm not like these old-timey uh, Word of Faith preachers where I'm, I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to... Maybe they're right, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think they're right, I think they're wrong. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and I'm going to say, well, you know, you have the right and you could go to God and remind Him of His Word. God doesn't need you to remind Him of His Word. You Listen, He knows His Word, He is the Word, but God needs you to understand His Word. He, he, God needs you to hear it. And you to act and walk in faith. Walking in faith doesn't mean I get all big and bad and stick my chest out like I've done, accomplished something or I've done something. I've done nothing. The only thing I do is put my faith and trust in Him. The only thing I do is understand that, listen, when I became born again, I became, listen, listen, this, this is important. I became a resident of another kingdom. Amen. I, what does that mean, a resident of another kingdom? Well, His kingdom is not of this, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this earth. My kingdom is a supernatural kingdom. My kingdom is an, is, is an eternal kingdom. My kingdom is something that you can't just behold with your eyes. Well, why? Because my kingdom is all about love. It's all about God. It's all about the gospel, this good news of who God is, who He really is. Hallelujah. Understanding the authority. I've got to understand this authority so I can walk in it. In Matthew chapter 8, beginning in verse 5, just listen to me. There may be something on the board in a little while. 
in verse 5 of chapter 8. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. We know this. We've, we've gone over this before. Remember, now this is, this is a Roman centurion. Right? He has people under him. And, and, and Jesus said, okay, I'll go there. Now, what does the man say? The man says, no, no, no. You don't have to. Uh, the centurion said, I am wor- I'm not worthy you should come under my roof, but speak a word and my servant will be healed. Now, look, I want you to understand this, because this, this jumped out at me when I was studying this. I've read this like you have many, 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 many times. But listen, for I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. So, wait a minute. He's under authority, and he has soldiers under him. What's he saying? I understand the chain of command. I understand. So when someone tells me, who is above me, to go do this, I do it. And when I tell one of those people who I'm in command of to go and do something, they do it. See, do you understand what that is? I mean, yeah, we could sit here and nod our heads and think, but do you you understand what he's saying? And do you understand what that's saying to me and to you? There's this authority that cannot be bucked. There is this authority that's ultimate. Jesus proved it. He showed it in his life. Right? Whenever he said something, it had to be done. We read it even in the... You spoke and the world was made. When he speaks, something happens. My brothers and sisters, he has all power and authority. So now this centurion, not even a Jew, who, who looks at it and says, okay, no, you don't even have to come. If you just speak, something's going to happen. My brothers and sisters, do you understand that? Do you understand now that that has been given to you and to me? Oh, that we could just speak things into existence? Yeah, that's what word of uh, faith thinks. No, no, according to his will. According to his will. That is an awesome, awesome thing. So now remember where we started in Luke chapter 9. In verse, he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons, to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Listen, God's kingdom rules no matter what. No matter who likes it, no matter who understands it, no matter who don't like it. And I'm talking about you, me, and everybody around me. Everybody in my life. People in my life may not like the way I live or they may not like the things that I say. As long as I'm saying them in love and I'm doing things according to God's will, doesn't matter. I, now, listen, there's some Christian jerks. Man, I don't believe he said that. Have you ever run into any? Okay, you're saying yes and you're, and you're raising your hands. And I'm not, trying to be, I'm not trying to be a dope myself. Maybe I should have used a different word. I apologize. But here's what I'm saying. That doesn't mean that... Listen, those are the seven sons of Sceva Christians that think that they have this power and authority to name things and say things, but really, they're doing it without relationship. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is at hand. If I'm a child of the kingdom, that authority, that, 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 that is, that, that's residing in me. So now I'm telling stuff in my body. By the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, you must obey. And I'm, I'm asking you, 
Get tight with God and get confident. You're going to have confidence when you're walking in communion with God. And, and now all of a sudden you start to understand this, this kingdom has all authority over everything. Just as Jesus, when He walked the earth and He commanded stuff, it happened. Just as the apostles and the other disciples commanded things. Guess what? It happened. Listen, I, you know, I, there's so many other things and we've discussed this, but it just came to mind, so I'm going to share it with you. Remember when the apostle Paul saw Jesus? And Jesus gave him instruction, go into one Simon uh, Tanner, and, and, and right? And this, there's going to be somebody who's going to... So he goes to the other uh, guy, was it, what was his name, Ananias? I can't remember the other guy's name. But anyway, re- regardless, he said, go, go and see Paul, or Saul then, go and see Saul, uh, lay your hands on him, you know, teach him, whatever. And so this guy, Saul, the one that's killing us? Yes. I'm ministering to him and I'm telling him all the things that he's going to suffer for my name's sake. So he goes, and he goes and he lays hands on him. Listen, was he one of the apostles? It doesn't even say that if he was, if, that he walked with them. That he was one of those 70 that went out. Remember there were a bunch that left him? Jesus, that is? So this was, uh, my brothers and sisters, what am I trying to say to you? Here's what I'm trying to say to you. He told somebody else, gave them the authority and power so that when he laid his hands on Paul, he received his sight. Tony, now you're talking about all that hokey-pokey, you know, Pentecostal... No! I'm saying power and authority. If there is something... My brothers and sisters, if you're walking with God and you're doing everything you know to do according to His will, you're in the Word. You're not just giving it a cursory little look-to-see and then praying over your food. I'm talking about you're in relationship with God. If you're in relationship with God, you have power and authority. It's time we start using it. When we go down and get into that closet and we pray for our kids, it's time for us to start using that power and authority. I bind you in the name of Jesus. The Lord rebuke you. You cannot have my kids. Is there anything wrong with that? That's according to His will. So I'm going in that closet. I'm praying for my kids. I'm praying for my grandkids. I'm praying for those things that God has put before me. Listen, the, so many of you in this room, I know my son's, my son's will, uh, they, you would take a bullet for your kids. You would. There, there's no, I, I don't have any doubt in my mind. I don't know all of you that well, but I know Mitch and I know Tony. And I know that they would take a bullet for their kids. They would... They would... Okay, so let me ask you. If you're like them... Why wouldn't you grab a hold of God with everything that you got for your kids? Why wouldn't you live this life for Him so that you can get into that closet on behalf of your kids? Oh, because, you know, uh, they're going to stray. They're, they're listening to all this other stuff. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. They won't listen to me. Okay, listen, they, maybe, maybe they're not. You do everything that you're supposed to do. You love them. You, re, you, know I mean? you, do, you teach them. You raise them up in the fear and add in the mission. When they don't want to go to church, you make them anyway. Ha! When you, do, you make them go to school. You make them do other things. So you make them go to practice. You make them do all of these other things. So make them go to church. And when you make them go to church, you make sure that they're hearing the Word. Follow up. So, so why? Because if you don't have a relationship with God, how are you going to have that kind of relationship with your children? So let me go back. If you're willing to go ahead and take a bullet for your kids, if you're willing to give your own life for your children, then why don't you give your life to Christ? Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Young people, you don't have kids yet? What, what example can I use? What example can I use? Hey, 
you're willing to go ahead and bend over backwards to have this group like you, to have this friend, to have this boyfriend, or this girlfriend. You're willing to do these things. I, I, I love Sirius is sitting kind of isolated, so my eyes keep going. I keep thinking Sirius. Sirius is a, in case many of you don't know, he's a great athlete. He's a great athlete because he's, he's put in the time, right? Practicing, am I right? Practicing, working out. I'm sorry, Sirius, I don't mean to embarrass you. It's just a good... He pra- he's putting in the time. He's, he's, he's doing something. But now watch. What good is all of that, right? Putting in the time, get associated. I'm going to be the world-class athlete. Be the best that ever played. Let me ask you something. Who's the best running back you think that ever played in the National Football League? Sweetness. No? Well, no sense of me even using that example. No, no sense of me even using that example. No, forget it. Think of the best in any field that you're interested in. Think of the best, that person that is the absolute best. Eh. Okay, let's just use that for an example. Let's just say, for the sake of discussion and or illustration, Tom Brady, we decide, is the greatest quarterback that ever played the game. Seven championships, right? I think that's it. About to maybe get eight. Whatever the case may be. Now, suppose, listen, suppose he gets eight. Suppose he plays until he's 50. Suppose all of these major things he accomplishes, he's accomplished quite a lot, hasn't he? And so he's proven that it's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a talent that he has because he's done it with two different teams. So now watch. If he doesn't know Christ Jesus, his Lord, he dies, what happens? When he stands before the Lord, he cannot show him all of those Super Bowl rings. Amen. Right? Now listen, I'm not, I'm not, maybe Tom Brady's a born-again Christian, I don't know. But I'm just saying, if you use that as a... Okay, let me, let me throw this at you. <clears throat> Let's say the Lord tarries for the sake of discussion a hundred years from now. How many people will utter the name Tom Brady? Let's say the Lord tarries a hundred years from now. How many people will utter the name Jesus? See, my brothers and sisters, why young, young people, all of us, why do we keep associating and attaching ourselves to these things that are temporary? They're going to pass away. I'm not saying not to be an athlete. I'm not saying not to excel in some fields. But listen... Involve God in all of it. And don't let that field or that thing or that gift that God has blessed you with become your idol. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God, it rules. Period. And the kingdom of God doesn't care about how many games the Bucks are going to win this year. It's not going to matter not even one bit in eternity. Is it fun to look at it? Yeah, sure, I guess it is. But my brothers and sisters... I just named one thing because, uh, you know, it came to my mind and my heart. But what is it? What else is there? NASCAR. So many people are enamored with NASCAR. I mean, I've got, I know people that take trips. They center, you know, they take their vacations around trips to go and, and do that. I'm not criticizing them. That's great. If that's what you, you know, that's fine. But my brothers and sisters, if we as human beings will go ahead and attach ourselves to these things, will we, if we go ahead and we think, that this person or that people or this group or that group or the other group, and we're going to align ourselves with them. But this kingdom of God is right here before us. 
And look at what Jesus said. When you, when you go there and you preach the kingdom of God and they don't receive you, shake the dust from your feet as a sign and woe to them who reject it. Well, I haven't rejected it, Tony. I mean, I, I believe in God and I even believe in Jesus. I believe that Jesus is God. I believe everything he said. Okay, if you believe that, then you'll live according to how he's asked you to live. You can't say, I believe, and then not do anything about it. Because you believe. And that you'll know that at the end of this, you're going to have to give account. Remember the key, this manifestation of power and this authority of Jesus in verse 15. I'm sorry, in John 15, he says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Did you, did you hear that? See, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. How do I abide in his love? Keep his commandments. So now look at verse 9 with me. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Look, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. I, I, one time I, I said this and I got somebody mad at me and, and th- maybe I didn't say it right or something and they thought that I meant that if you uh, break a commandment, if you sin, that God doesn't love you. No. That's not, that's, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loves the sinner. That's why he died on the cross. Amen? We were all sinners and we all, but here's, the, here's what this is saying. In order for you to live in this love, in order for you to rest, be secure, and be in, the, in this love, you have to do His commandments. That means, look, if I'm not doing His commandments, I'm not resting or abiding in His love. It's not that He's taken Himself away from me. I've chosen to live someplace else. Are you, are you there? Does that make sense? I can't abide in His love if I, if I don't do His commandments. Now, now, let me ask you something, my brothers and sisters. Did, was that... Thank you for leaving that up. Is that hard... Am I taking anything and twisting it? If you read your Bible, the New King James, the King James, or any version, it should say that same thing. I took that right out of the New King James. My brothers and sisters, what, that, that, that is so plain. If I want to rest in His love, well, why is, why is that important? Why, why is that important? Because the authority comes from that, from being in Him. I have His authority when I'm abiding in Him, when I'm doing His commandments. His commands. What are His commands? Just listen to me. Don't, don't turn there. Just listen to me. And, and, and this is more in John 15. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. There's a commandment. So are we loving one another as he's loved us? Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You see that? You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. That's pretty clear. Do what I'm commanding you. One of the things I'm commanding you to do is love one another as I've loved you, love one another. Here's the other thing that I'm appointing you to do, that you would bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, again, that you love one another. So, so, okay, let's just pause there. There are a lot of other commands that Jesus gives or, or some other commands. But if we just stick, stick with this, it's just laid right out there for us. 
He's commanding us to love one another. Okay, this is something that we all know. We've, we've taught here. We've heard it in other places and all this other... Listen, that means regardless of how you treat me and regardless of how I treat you, you know, I may be having a tough day. I may be going through a bad season. I may snap or growl or whatever. But that doesn't mean that, okay, I'm done with him. Or I'm going to snap or growl back. Remember, if you ever want to know how you should react and act as it relates to God's love, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It'll tell you what love looks like. If you ever want to know, I'm justified in having an odd against Eddie. He said this about me. He said that about me. Well, let's go see what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Am I justified in ignoring Eddie or not loving Eddie like I should because he's done me wrong? No. Just read. It'll tell you, right? We've read it together before, and I know you've read it on your own. So, so my brothers, I don't, all of a sudden, it's like you guys are, listen to me. See, because we're all about having this authority to get into the closet and tell our children, and pray for our children, stand in the gap for our children, which we should, which I'm saying we need to be doing. But that doesn't work unless we have this relationship. It has to be relational. Look at what it says in 1 John 2. Verse 3. Now by this we know that we know Him. If we keep His commandments, He says, if we keep His commandments. That's how you know if you know Him. He who says, I know Him, and does not keep His commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in Him. But whoever keeps His word, truly the love of God is perfected in Him. Did you hear that now? Now look at the connection. What's the connection, Tony? I know what you saw. Abiding in his love, right? And knowing him. And the third element is keeping his commandments. See, in listen, I can't love Eddie that way. It's not humanly possible. I have to know God and have relationship with God. How many times have I got to tell you? I have to have a relationship with God. It's not really humanly possible for me to love everyone, especially when they're doing me wrong. It's not even possible for me to have faith, that faith that He requires, without a relationship with Him. Those of us who were together a few Wednesdays ago, I can't even remember what the, it was the beginning of September or the end of August, whatever it was, and we talked about knowing God. And that word knowing uh, in the New Testament uh, is Greek, gnosis, gnosko. And in in the Old Testament, it's the word I can't pronounce, and it's it's talking about being intimate. So I always do this. That means something to me. And it doesn't, it, it means that, listen, I know God through His Word, through Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. But remember, we, we saw the seven, seven sons of Siva. I know God. They know. I, I, listen, we adjure you. We command you. In the name of Jesus and Paul, who Paul preaches. Okay. I know Jesus. I know Paul. I don't know you. Why? Because, listen, you know of them, but you don't know him. You know of God, but you don't know God. Well, I do, Tony. I read the word and I pray. Okay, but let me ask you this. Let me go to another verse that we go to often in Matthew. And I think we did that Wednesday night. Somebody could correct me if you'd like to. In Matthew, when it says, Jesus says, many will say to me in a day, Lord, Lord, haven't we cast out demons in your name? Depart from me, you who who worked iniquity. I never knew you. So here you have people that thought that they knew Jesus. But but Jesus says, I didn't know you. What what does that mean? Jesus... He didn't see. I have to let myself be opened up too. 
I have to go ahead and get before God and I go and, and I repent. And I say, Lord, listen, this I stink on ice. These things that are an abomination to you, these things that upset you, these things, and I let them know all of it. I pour out all, I let them know all of that dirt. And I'm saying, listen, does the Lord know it? Yes. yes. But listen, unless I let it open, unless I'm going to Him and I'm trusting Him with this dirt, I'm not really being intimate with the Lord. I'm holding back. Right? You know, I liken it to this. I mean, you know, Michelle and I, and that's why God uses marriage as, an, as, 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 you know, kind of an example. Michelle and I have known each other. We've been married all of these years. But, you know, if I'm going to really uh, have this close relationship, I can't hold back part of the truth. I can't, and she can't hold back part of who she was. Do you ever see um, uh, some of these... Um, these people who turn out to be these serial killers or something, uh, and, and, and all, you know, somebody said, I, "Well, there was a nice guy." Yeah. I never, I would have never expected that. No, 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 no. Listen, I'm not trying to be funny. Listen, listen, I'm not trying to be funny. But do you understand that? See, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to talk to God and, and in this moment, God, you know, yes, I understand that I messed up. God, I do want to have a relationship with you. But there's this part that, of me that I'm going to hold back. There's this part of me that I need to hang on to. Lord, I do trust you in what you say, but I have this understanding in this area that I'm going to lean and trust in more. L- listen, now maybe you don't say those words or maybe you don't think that way. Man, I, I feel so... Holy Spirit. When we say that we believe something and then we do something else, it's the same thing. So watch, I may not say it with my mouth, but if I read the word and God is asking me to do something a certain way, but in my human intellect, I think, well, that's not going to work out, or that doesn't sound right, or blah, 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 and I go ahead and I do it according to my own intellect or what I think or how I feel, it's not going to work. No, wait, let me pause. You may experience some decent results for a short time. Right? Let me say it to you this way. I don't know why I'm saying I'm going to trust that somebody needs to hear this. I'm going a little longer. Listen. That's like this. I go to the doctor. I, got these, I keep getting these headaches. I can't get rid of these headaches. I take a couple of Excedrins and I load up and, and it, it takes the edge off. I feel a little better. Okay, good. I go to the doctor. The doctor says, Tony, you have a tumor. He says, we're going to need to do this, this, and this. Well, I don't know. I don't trust this doctor. You know what? I'm going home, and I'm just going to take my Excedrin. What's going to happen? One day, I'm going to die. Why? Because, listen, the quote-unquote, now this is just an example the quote-unquote expert said this, or the one who knew, the one who could see with the x-ray or whatever it is, that one who could see that said this. I, in my own intellect, or according to my own feelings, made a decision not based on what the truth was, what he could see that I couldn't, but what I felt and what I thought. Are you with me? Now, I'm telling you, that should hit home with just about everybody. 
because we know what God has commanded us, but yet we go ahead and make our own decisions and choices even when they don't line up with that. Come on. I'm not trying to point out and say to you, you all are sinners. No. I'm saying, listen, God has so much more for us. God has given us power and authority. And if we really want to walk in that power and authority, if not for yourself, for your children, for the loved ones around you, if we really want to walk in the power and authority, we need to get it right. What do you mean? Just bottom line? No God. Get in a relationship with God. Open yourself up. God, I'm tired of doing it my own way. I'm tired of holding back part of... See, when those people brought all of those books and all of those things out and they gave themselves to Christ, that doctrine, this kingdom, we're no longer going to go ahead and do what we know, what the other experts are telling us. We're going to follow the rule of the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise team, come on. I hope this ministered to somebody. I, I, I apologize and I realize that I've uh, had to pause and say a few things here and there, but I'm telling you, it's difficult because I'm talking to Christians in various states of their walk. And so, while I know that some of us get some of this, and some of us, but some of us don't. Bless you. Bless you. But here's what we need. Listen. Wherever you are, wherever you are, listen, wherever you are, you can change it right now. You you may be in a decent place, but you're not 100% sure if that next challenge comes. You may have heard some bad news. Or you may be looking at the world and realize how jacked up it really is. And you may be allowing that to make you, uh, to influence your decisions. Instead of the kingdom that you really belong to. And let that be what guides you. Let that, you may have never, ever, ever, you think you're a believer, but you never surrendered your life to Jesus. But you think you're a believer. Because you go to church, you say prayers, you do that. But you've never really surrendered your life. Now would be a great time. If he splits the sky tonight, or if he splits the sky before we have lunch, will you go? Will you go? If you know and you've lived it, but you've fallen away, and, and somewhere some, some of these words, some of these scriptures meant something to you, and you know Holy Spirit is knocking on the door of your heart, man, you can make it right, right now. Right now. Don't let it get away. Don't let this moment get away. So as we're singing, sing. Open your heart to Him. Lord, open up. Lord, I stink. And you know everything about me. But these are the things that I need to confess to you because I know these things are not pleasing to you. These things are disgusting to you. And I've always tried to justify or whatever. Lord, help me. Amen? Amen. Stand with me. If you can.